The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. If your student is going to live on campus, they will need twin extra long sheets. The first thing people get wrong. The first thing people get freaked out about. The majority of students who enroll in college don't graduate in four years. Is my kid going to make friends? Are they going to fit in? Are they going to find their people at college? Are they going to fail a class? Between Beth and I, we have worked in higher education for 50 years. We really think that there's some opportunity for some great dialogue. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Twin XL. Now here's your hosts, Laura DeVoe and Beth Grampetro. So my favorite time of year when it comes to people discovering the count the, the career center on their campus is the three days before graduation. Oh yeah. Which is like, you know, right, Carolyn? Let's like yes. yeah, that's when people literally <laughs> like, I think I need to go to the career center. Yes. It's like, oh, I'm gonna need a job. Right, exactly. And you're like <laughs> and they're usually coming from say like the, the senior barbecue and they're half in the bag and they've been drinking beer all afternoon and they come to your office and like, I think I need a job. Oh no. My mom says I need a job and they're coming on Saturday. And if I don't have a job, mm-hmm. can you get me a job by Saturday? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can recall the first year that I worked at Boston university. Um, I went to, I went to summer orientation Mm. like that was I started in the summer and my supervisor was like just go to orientation because you'll just was that me or was it no it was it was David David at the time shout out to David Zamoyski who's also probably not listening but he should be he should be we'll tell him he's a shout out and then he'll he'll totally listen (laughs) whoop whoop David so so he very wisely was like attend orientation Mm. you will learn a lot and I remember the gentleman who was director of the career center whose name I'm going to forget. That's all right. He's retired. He's so retired. Okay. He yeah. was a lovely person. And I yeah. remember him saying to the parents, like, we want your student to come see us when they're a first year student. Yes. And they're, yes. they're going to yes. think that's nuts. Yes. But we can yes. help them. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's sad. I do think more more students, more often than not, are there sooner than the three days before yeah. commencement. But, well, but I always like the, yes. the kid in the flip-flops three days before graduation <laughs> with, a, with, a bud, with a natty light in their back pocket going, I think I need a job. Okay. <laughs> So we have a we have a wonderful guest in the studio, Carolyn Tidwell. Carolyn, hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. And Carolyn, besides being a fabulous human, has a gorgeous singing voice, but we're not going to make her sing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, Carolyn, yeah, don't do you, that to your singer friends. Exactly. Never spring it on them. It's no, rude. not at all. <laughs> Can you introduce yourselves to our massive audience, please? Well, I'm Carolyn Tidwell, <laughs> and I have worked in career services and co-op and internship for, well, I usually say since the Earth's crust was cooling <laughs> or since dinosaurs were on 128. <laughs> so I would prefer not to say how many years. Yeah. Let's just say it's 25 plus 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 years. That's okay. <laughs> you are a seasoned professional. I'm yeah. a seasoned professional. That's right. what we say. So I've been doing this for quite a long time. And so what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is she's right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> we have an expert in our midst. We do yes. have an expert in our midst. Yes. Not just a, some kind of fly-by-night situation, which is what <laughs> usually happens. All right. 
So, um, so I, we, Beth's better at the data than I am, but I'm going to throw out a little data. Oh boy. Okay. It's my favorite. Um, it's her favorite. <laughs> okay. So there is an organization called the National Association of Colleges and Employers, Correct. otherwise known as NACE. Yes. Um, and they put out something called the First Destination Survey every yes. year. And Carolyn's now twitching because... She knows <laughs> as a director, a former director of a counseling center, or seriously, as a career center, she would be somebody saying, where's the nice data coming out? Um, and we got to get this out. Got to get out the data. Got to get out the data. So anyway, so in the latest survey, which is published for the class of 2018, uh, tells us some interesting information about graduates' employment after six months after graduation. Um, of the schools that were bachelor degree graduates, 358 schools were surveyed, um, representing more than 529,000 graduates. So yes. that's a good chunk of people, mm -hmm. okay? Overall for bachelor's degree graduates, 2018 was a good year in terms of employment, compensation, and continuing education. Um, what the survey sound was, uh, found was full-time employment rate for bachelor degree students, 58.7% is the highest reported in the five years NACE has conducted the survey. So what, what does that mean? If a parent was looking at that 58.7%, does that just mean that just under 60% of the students six months out of school have a job? Yes and no. Some of them are actually going to graduate school mm -hmm. and that may not be taken into consideration. Right. Um, but also it um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's just 60 percent because one of the most difficult things as a career services office is actually to obtain this information mm -hmm. from our graduates. Right. And as a career services office on campus, one of the most difficult things we have done is surveys, mm -hmm. catch them at cap and gown when they pick up their cap and gown and hold it hostage right. until they give us this information. Right, 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 right. I mean, we are constantly bombarding them, right. trying to get them to report this information. Mm -hmm. However, many students do not report this information. Right. So it's that number, but that's of the reported folks. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really give the true picture right. of how many students are actually working after graduation. And that also doesn't tell us what they're getting. They're working in a, a, a job that requires a degree. That's correct. And it, that number also doesn't tell us, is it are they in a job that requires a degree that they actually have obtained? So let's say they have a degree in psychology, which yes. is a very popular degree. Yes. Most psychology majors are not in a job after doing graduation psychology. doing psychology, Correct. okay? Many of them would have to go on to graduate school in mm -hmm. order to do that type of work, okay? But you will find that a lot of students have a, are in jobs that do not require the, jo the degree that they have. That's correct. Okay, journalism is another example. You'll find people with journalism degrees, they don't go on to journalism. They may go on to public relations. They may go on to some other area that is not require a journalism degree. That's correct. Um, and some jobs, let's say journalism again, some of it, we're not going to hire someone with a journalism degree. Maybe they want somebody with something else. If it's a journal, if it's a writing uh, for an economics journal, you want an ec someone who knows economics, but who can write, you know? So um, there's a lot of nuance to that. Um, something that the survey also found this time is that bachelor degrees candidates at private institutions fared better than counterparts at public institutions. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's um, an interesting piece and they attribute that because some of these private institutions are smaller um, and uh, generally at the smaller schools, more likely that the, the graduate will have a positive outcome to their experience at the institution. However, 
smaller institution graduates are not making as much money mm. as the bigger institutions. Um, so there's a lot of like, you know, little nuances here. And but I think it's nice that parents and we are going to link to the NACE survey in their show notes um, for them to kind of take a look at it, because I think it helps frame it is that if a kid says, well, this is where things are difficult. So like, for instance, this last year, STEM jobs actually were on the decline, mm. which for the first time, Ooh. which is interesting whereas you know stem jobs had always been kind of moving on their way up so what was the hot field yes. the, the hot the field one. this time around uh seems to be in dig, 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 dig. i'll find it and i'll let you know but is i cut that up actuary it may maybe being, like being an actuary is always hot <laughs> in I that i love actuaries in that like only you, a few oh, people want to do it's it the it's, numbers. it's the numbers it's the numbers it's math <laughs> it's math but i would like to get back to the public institution yeah. versus the private institution what do you think one it of is? the difference also is is that at public institutions and many of the students have to work while they're going to school mm -hmm. and while they're going to school they're not necessarily working in jobs and in positions that are going to be giving them the experience that relates to their major mm. but it pays enough to help them pay for the tuition to continue to get their degree. Mm -hmm. Whereas the students at the private school are actually going and doing internships and co-ops and things like that that relate to their major more often. Mm, that's or a good have point. that privilege or the ability to do that without having to worry about, you know, saving up for school. Well, I, that's And that's also, yeah. in general, not just in the sort of public-private divide, um, I'm going to jump on the word privilege because mm -hmm. it is a privilege to be able to do a few things career-wise. It's a privilege to be able to take an unpaid internship. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's a privilege to be able to be like, I just want to go be a camp counselor mm -hmm. in some ways because maybe maybe like doing something related to your major isn't a priority depending on your family, financial situation, all these different things. So there's there's a lot that's, that's probably not... Um, coming out of this survey that we can't see that's correct that's yeah. impacting where people are ending up there's a lot of variables right. in terms Absolutely. of um what we're seeing as numbers there's a lot of variables that that go into it and it's not just black and white as they would say <laughs> right in terms of numbers what about when you see a parent because you've seen students you've probably seen thousands of students come in your office and parent and they're like my parents are pissed off that i don't have a job and i need to find a job and, it, and if you were coaching a parent, not the kid, but a parent who might be calling your office and is like anxiety ridden that their child does not have a job yet, what do, what do you, how do you frame it to them to kind of pull them a little off the edge and smooth it out a little bit so that it's like, look, you, you want to be supportive of your child's quest for a job, um, but this is the mindset that they're in, or these are the, the things we're trying to deal with. How do you kind of help them through that? To try to support them in letting them know that they need to just encourage their their, their son or daughter to come into the, our, often, yeah. our office. Come early, come often, I keep saying. Yeah. And yeah. the earlier the student comes into our office, the more relaxed. Whenever a student comes into our office, we're never punitive. You should have done this by mm -hmm. this time. Right, right. We're taking you where you are right now, and if you continue to work with us, you will be successful. Right. And as a parent, we just need to say, be supportive. Of. Um, if you have some suggestions, look on our website and keep him, him or her informed in terms of where they should be at in terms of their job search. Mm -hmm. And sort of give them an, uh, a clue that they have to remember that when they're searching for a job, it does take time. Right. And right. Which is why it's the earlier you start, the better it is. And not the earlier you start in applying. Yes, that always helps. But 
we all know there are job tools that you have to have, resumes, cover letters. You have to know how to interview. And that takes time to mm -hmm. accomplish. So students need, I tell them it's a four-year plan. Mm -hmm. So whenever I do accepted student day mm -hmm. presentations, I go come early, come often, and promise that you will do at least two internships before you graduate. Right, And that's really great advice. And I think I'm really glad you brought up that you know, the toolbox that you get from working with the Career Center on your campus. It's not just a placement service. Yes. And that's what parents sometimes think. That's it's the just, paradigm. It's, right. They think it's a placement service, and that's not it. They need to learn how to write a resume. They need to learn how to have an interview. How do you dress for an interview? Yes. You know, there's a lot of institutions that do, I hate to call it charm school, but they call it a charm <laughs> school. You know, and they say, okay, it's this like is- interview skills, not interview etiquette night. Yeah. Um, anything, anything from, you know, how to dress to, I actually used to work at a large public university that had a hospitality major yeah. and there was a restaurant on campus that the hospitality students ran yeah. like as part of their uh, mm. studies. And they did um, the fine dining experience dining, and yeah. dining and etiquette. like yeah yes. dining etiquette for job interviews. Right, yes. and um, people don't know it, like which fork to use. I don't like, know which fork to use. I'm, I'm, and yet I, I always get I have nervous about the spoon that's at the top of the the bowl or oh, the, the I, one at the top of the plate, the one in front of you and not on the side. I like the cheat sheet. Yeah, the cheat sheet. Yeah, the, yes. the bread and the drink. You do the thumb yes, like okay, yes. and you, I need like the leather. I need like Hector Elizondo in Pretty Woman. Yes, when he's like, listen, Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fish fork or whatever that's yeah yes that, i need that i loved him he's great he's yeah. great is he still alive is he still alive dave dave <laughs> google it dave. <laughs> dead canadian out. or both oh no tell me I don't that's something my husband and i play dead canadian or both he's like canadian. shoot out a name you're like, you're like i don't think he's canadian no the family of Hector Elizondo and everyone here will be happy to know he's still alive. <laughs> oh, good. good. He is 83 years of age. Oh, knock yourself out. He, I'll tell you. He's Go a good head, Hector Elizondo. You know, bam, bam. Okay. So um, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about Hector Elizondo during the break. <laughs> And, and how we got his position with a talent his, resume. Right, exactly, with a talent <laughs> resume. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little more about resumes, but we're going to talk about my favorite thing soft skills. Okay. <laughs> TwinXL is supported by Sunstein, Kahn, Murphy & Timbers, a boutique law firm specializing in intellectual property. Sunstein's attorneys are passionate representatives of their clients' ideas, technologies, and brands. And Sunstein's broad range of expertise in the intellectual property field, including patent and trademark litigation, sets it apart from the competition. Visit Sunstein at sunsteinlaw.com. That's S-U-N-S-T-E-I-N-Law.com. Contact Sunstein to see how your intellectual property can be winning intellectual property. All right, well, we're back from the break, and um, we want to talk a little bit about, let's close out that conversation about resumes and, and that sort of thing. Uh, Carolyn, when you uh, see a student come in, what's the typical state of a resume when you see a student come in? Usually it's the name is really big on the resume and everything is just looks like a Picasso picture. <laughs> You've got top, you have the headers all over the place and the margins are all over and they've just thrown everything on there with the kitchen sink, including where they were born and things like that. And I, you know, and I have, my son has friends who have handed him a resume and say, mom, this looks bad, but I know you can help them out with this. <laughs> 
So that. yes, it's usually, and I usually tell students, you have to come back three to five times mm-hmm. for us to work on this. This is not something that's a natural thing, right. like breathing and drinking water. Mm-hmm. This is something that is a skill you need to learn how to do. Here's a sample. Follow the sample. Don't do Please do not do a template. Mm -hmm. Folks in my industry, as soon as they walk in, you go, that's a template, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, how could you tell? And it's like, we've seen enough of them. Right. So don't start with the blank page. Here's a sample, a couple of samples. Follow that sample and let's work on it. And it takes three to five times to come back before someone says to them, that's it. Now you've worked in, because I I used to work with you, Carolyn, so I know your background because I I've seen your resume, which was very well done. Why, thank um, you. <laughs> and I, I think that one of the things that, that uh, I always enjoyed about you is that you've worked at a variety of different types of institutions with yes, a variety of different types of students. So you've had actually performing arts students as well as business students as That's well correct. as your, you know, your Joe Schmo liberal arts student. You know, if, if a parent is listening to this and they're like, my kid's an acting student, he's not going to have a resume. What is your answer to that? Yes, he will. Okay. In fact, he should have two resumes, okay. a talent resume for when he wants to do things in the performing arts yep. as a musician mm-hmm. or as a, you know, a director mm-hmm. or as someone backstage or on stage and a headshot. Mm-hmm. So that's for that industry. But right. then he also needs the other resume mm-hmm. that looks like the resume that you would send to someone in a corporation mm-hmm. and you put the same information on there, but in a different way. Right. So, so if you're at a school, let's say you have a kid who, um, is not at a performing arts school. That's correct. And they want to maybe get into that. Um, they should think about that and find maybe an outside resource for them to, to help develop that, correct? They can, or someone yeah. there like myself. I was always the person on staff because yeah. I have a talent resume. Right. So right. I was always the person on staff. They can go, go see her. Yep. But you, the faculty... Many mm-hmm. folks mm. underestimate That's a the good faculty point. in their department mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to assist them with that. The yeah. faculty members have a talent resume in yeah. dance and in music right. and in theater. So, so if your kid is at a school and they are taking, say, an acting class, even with an adjunct faculty member, that adjunct faculty member probably has a talent resume and can be re- resourceful yeah, they gotta for them. They have to so, hustle. Yeah, exactly. Hustle. I, you know? I used to work at a performing arts school as well, and I love the talent resumes because they always have stuff on them like tumbling tumbling, <laughs> tumbling skills like i can do backflips um i here's the list of accents i can do well I honey can child mine says yeah. i can do a southern accent i love it <laughs> if I, okay so if, side sidebar if we all had a talent resume what would be on your talent resume i can wiggle my ears Okay. You can't see it because I have headphones Phone's on, on. Right now. <laughs> we'll see it later that's literally dave it. what would be on no, your talent what's resume, your talent resume? Uh, i can make spaghetti that's hey. not a talent. No. It's so, a skill. It's a line from The Breakfast Club. Oh, that's right. I, rec- <laughs> I can recite Core lines movies. from The Breakfast Club. There you go. I can juggle. You can juggle? Nice. Okay. I can twirl a baton. <gasps> Yay. I love it. Dun, 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 Were you a drum major ever? No. I know it's not the same thing. My sister was. And I know other the, drum the band majors. people are going to be mad at me the that I just asked you people, that. Because it's uh, not yeah. the same. And I know. And I tap dance. I tap dance too. To oh my God. Dance. Why are we not? Oh, oh we can do a trio. trio. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here we go. Here wow. We go. 
putting well, on the ritz. Okay. This is where my, my students would um, say, make like a train whistle noise, yeah. choo choo, because mm-hmm. we're going off track. We are totally yes. going off track. Totally but I really anyway. want that. All right. So we, we talk about the resume. We need to make sure that the, ch- the student is getting in at least three, four, five times to get that thing right. Um, on that resume, you're going to be putting down skills. And yes. I want to talk about soft skills. Okay. okay? And um, what does that mean? What does that word mean? Soft skills are the skills that aren't like your computer skills or what you actually can do on the job. They're the communication skills that you can do presentations, Mm -hmm. that you're comfortable in talking with people. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the soft skills. Right. So teamwork, Um, leadership, time management skills. Time management. Yep. Those are great. That you're organized. Yes. And those, why are those important? They're important because those are the skills in which most people look at you and actually decide whether or not you're a good candidate or not. Right. I mean, in terms of your communication skills, it begins with the cover letter, mm-hmm. which you also need to know, learn how to write. Mm-hmm. And that is covered with the resume. Yeah. Every employer is going to expect, or most employees are going to expect the cover letter. Mm-hmm. And if you're a communications major, that needs to be a really kick-ass cover letter right. because the communication skills are front and center yep. right then and there. Yep. But all students need to be able to write well. Yes. So that's why a cover letter, the employer wants to know whether or not you have a good command of the English language and that you can promote yourself and give them the information information that they need. Um, so it's very important to have those skills because those are the skills that are up front when you're seeking an opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the great thing about doing summer jobs and internships is that you're doing the same skills or you're providing the same um, things that you're preparing and you're doing that mimic what you would do to find a full-time job, right. which is why it's so very, very important that you go through this process with the Career Center doing it with you as a partner and helping you grow in those skills and helping you so that you can know how to do it after graduation. Right. And we're your sort of safety guard. We're your safety net. Mm -hmm. We can help you with that. Let's talk about um, some of the skills that when you hear from employers, because so when you run a career center like you have, when you get in, when you get employers coming to you, what are they saying they're looking for? in terms of potential employees? What are some of the things you're hearing? They're looking for folks with strong communication skills, Mm -hmm. students who can demonstrate that they've worked as a team, Mm -hmm. that they have time management skills. They take the initiative. That's one of the biggest things that um, many of our students are waiting for someone to tell them what to do instead of saying, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, How can I help? And when they don't have anything to do, taking that moment to going, I'm done with this project. Is there something else that I can be working on? And that's what they're looking for. And many of our students are not comfortable in doing that yet. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. don't have the confidence in doing that yet. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we're trying to help them be prepared to just do some of those things. Some of the parents listening right now are going to be having like a literally sit there and say, my kid hasn't taken initiative to do anything in their entire lives. Um, and you know, sometimes that isn't because the kid is lazy or is not inclined. It's just, uh, simply put, it's how society is set up right now. Okay. So I, I always talk about this when I was a kid, 
you came home after school. You had a, I was a latchkey kid. I had a key. I let myself in. I watched, you know, I ate a box of ho-hos and then I went outside and we, we built ramps and we had fun. Okay. Yes. And that's what you did. And, and if you hurt yourself, you got some Bactine and, you know, sprayed it on your broken knee and, and that was cool. And that's how the day went, but that's not how it works anymore. Right. The hardest thing we have right now is having students actually approach employers because yeah. they really think that everything is posted and that mm-hmm. they're going to see everything online on the computer. That's, that's a really there. good point. And even after they have submitted their resume and their cover letter, they are really shy in actually following up even in an email. Mm. Hi, I've sent you my resume and cover letter and I'd like to know where you are in the process and if I'm still a viable candidate for the position. Right. And they get very hesitant because they think they're being too assertive right too you know forward and i have to say no those are the kind of people they're looking for right you know i have had someone say that you know the only reason why they got an interview is is because they called i worked at general dynamics in california this is back well medieval times (laughs) we won't say in the jurassic period (laughs) but in medieval times before there were computers and i would receive 200 resumes a week for co-op and summer internship positions and they were in a room next to me in several file cabinets. But the student who called me up to check to make sure that I received his resume, mm-hmm. and I'd go into that room and pull out the resume, and I'd sit it on my desk. And if it looked good, mm-hmm. as soon as I got off that phone, I'm calling a manager in the department that the student said he was interested in, yep. in, in working because the student took the initiative. Now, I'm not saying stalk the employer. Please don't call the employer five <laughs> to six, seven times. Um, uh, thank but you that's for the, saying that. That's the <laughs> other, yes, that's the other downside of right. some people who are a little bit right. too aggressive in it, but there's nothing wrong in making a phone call once or sending two emails mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. and then you let it go. Right. Then and, you let it go. But I think that idea of, of initiative and what does initiative mean? Yes. Okay, and that... That is where a good counseling uh, center, or sorry, excuse me, a, a career center can actually say to a student, okay, now in your kind of workflow of how you're applying for these jobs, some things you need to be doing is do a follow up. Yes. And follow up is about initiative because if this is a job that you really are excited about, there's no problem with you putting yourself out there and saying how you're excited about it. Uh, and so we need that to be a skill that they're they're developing as they're going through the process, mm-hmm. which is and great. And that's why you get to know who your career advisor is right mm-hmm. in your freshman year. As right. you said, the first year, get to know who they are. The second, you know, join the clubs, go to the career fair, get used to talking to employers in that kind of a venue. Your second year, work on that resume so it is ready by the spring semester of your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. You know how to do a cover letter, and you've even maybe done a mock interview, mm. and you're looking for maybe a summer position in your sophomore year or an internship. I try to encourage students to start doing internships as quickly as they can right after their sophomore year because you want to try to get two in before you graduate. And with some of the scheduling and the academic programs that are so rigorous that they only offer classes in certain semesters, you need to plan this out in your freshman and your beginning of your sophomore year. When am I actually going to be doing my internship? Absolutely. And it's also important to remember internships, I think there's a tendency to look at them as a resume builder, and they absolutely are. 
but they're also a bit of a like do i actually like this work yes yep. career <laughs> exploration yeah do yep. i really want to do this yeah and you want to find that out early before you become a senior <laughs> and then you do your internship and go oh my goodness i yeah. don't like this work yeah yeah and, and that and it's better to know now <laughs> yes yes so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk more about internships and summer jobs From Pod617.com and Hirsch Roberts Weinstein LLP, it's Higher Ground featuring higher education attorney John Graff. We are dealing with issues that are breaking on an hourly basis sometimes in higher ed. What we wanted to do was actually bring the information to the listener at a time when it's convenient for them. Those succinct, brief, punchy discussions with people who have experience and particularly through the lens of the people on the ground in higher ed. Higher Ground, presented by the law firm of Hirsch Roberts Weinstein LLP. Find all episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Okay, so during the break, we were talking about resumes, and I, of course, thought of um, the wonderful... The seminal work. The seminal work of Reese Witherspoon <laughs> as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. Here she is presenting her professor with her resume for a summer associate gig. Do you have a resume? It's pink. And it's scented. I think it gives it a little something extra. Okay, so I love that scene so much. Um, but... Maybe, maybe not on the pink scented resume. No. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things I have with media I was yeah. about to share is that unfortunately, um, our students are watching television shows and movies that give them the sense that they can get an internship, summer job, a full-time job yeah. by going to a party on Friday night yeah. and someone saying, come to my office on Monday morning and they're all set. Yeah. So that it happens that quickly. Yeah, and like, we all know in the real world, it no. doesn't no, happen It's, it's that just way. like you don't solve a murder on Law & Order in 45 minutes. Right. It's like, you know, that's I mean, not how it works. Are, there are certainly situations where where like some networking, even in yeah. a non-traditional way. So I have a friend from college, Ian, oh. who also is not listening to this. What's no. up, Ian? Hey, Ian. Ian was an international business major at Hofstra and he was an RA with me. And he went to be, he like graduated and went on to be a stockbroker and hated it. And then he took over, he temporarily, like I think the story is that for one night he had a friend who either babysat or tutored the children of a woman by the name of Ruth Reichel, who was the editor-in-chief of Gourmet Magazine. Oh. And Ian, like, covered for his friend one night and met her and somehow talked his way into a gig as, like, a food stylist for Gourmet. <laughs> and then ended up being a food editor for Gourmet. Right. And now... Things happen. And he had his own TV. Like, this was, like, the, the, the wildest, like, most ideal story of, like... I stumbled into the greatest job ever. And right. now, now he's doing that and it, it's really worked out really wonderfully for him. So I do think it, it's a good idea to remember that like you kind of never know when you're going to find an opportunity, That's but correct. you're 100% correct that like these are unicorn opportunities. Yes. Yes. It's 99 a to one. Yes. 99% right. of people are not going to be like, I baby or like, um, Darcy what do you want to do? I want to be an influencer yeah. and I'm going to make a million dollars just taking pictures yeah. of brownies. No, you're not. People love the story. If you're a fan of the show, the good place, which I am, people I love, love the story that Darcy Carden, who plays Janet was Bill Hader's nanny. 
Shut up. She was. But Get out. That's like not how she got her acting job. She like did improv and paid her dues. Yeah. But like people love that connection story of like, see, like what's serendipity? And yeah. it's like, well, kind it didn't of, get her no. the job. No, it did yes. not. There are no overnight <laughs> success. No, so. I'm the perfect example. Okay. <laughs> I'm the overnight not success. <laughs> Wait, she's still here. How is that happening? Here's a dose of reality. Here's a dose kids. of reality, kids. <laughs> And this is me with makeup on. <laughs> you should see me when I don't got makeup on. It's not good. Speaking of summer jobs and internships, yes. it is January. We're taping this the last week of January. And yes. um, I'm asking Carolyn to make believe that she's in her office. We're doing a role play. We're doing a role play. <laughs> We're doing a role play. Okay. <laughs> We're doing a role play. And um, she's in her office at the career center, as she would say. And a student walks in and says, you know, I think I need a summer internship. I think, I'm thinking it's summertime. I need, should I get a job or should I get an internship? How, what is the conversation you're having with this kid? Well, the first thing we ask is, um, have you started looking? Do you mm -hmm. have a resume? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then we have to start with that, but sort of make the student realize that it's imperative that they do this quickly. Mm. They can't give me the resume and I give them suggestions and they take it back for another month mm. because I tell students that they need to start applying for the internships and their summer jobs the beginning of the semester before they want to do it. Mm. So to be honest with you, if a student is looking late. for, yeah, you're already yeah. behind the eight ball a little bit because if you're looking for a summer internship or job at home and you're living, you know, 500, you're going to school 500 miles away, mm. you actually should have started doing the holiday season, putting the feelers out. You yeah. should had your resume all set, knew how to write a cover letter and be ready to interview, mm -hmm. which means we've got to cram all that in, like cramming exams mm -hmm. within as quickly as possible because you need to be applying for things now. Right. Large companies and organizations have internships and summer jobs that they are posting now. Mm -hmm. They started posting January 1st, mm -hmm. and some of them have a deadline of February 1st, February 15th yep. because they're very popular. Everybody wants to intern there. Yep. So it's very important that students need to realize that you have to have your resume ready you have to know how to do a cover letter you need to know how to interview before you even start looking mm -hmm. and applying mm -hmm. for opportunities mm -hmm. and that's going to take some time right so it's very important to do it early right this is a stay ready so you don't have to get ready situation yes, yes. like have your resume ready like have at least one interview outfit, like do, do the things in That's advance right. so that when an opportunity presents itself, you're ready. And do a mock interview. Mm. I just consulted at a, a school and I was there doing drop-ins and one of the drop-ins were looking at resumes and mm -hmm. helping students with resumes. But the other thing I did, which I thoroughly enjoy, is mock interviews. Mm. And I prep as much as they should be prepping before the interview because I like to ask specific questions based on what I find in terms of the job description and what I find online because mm -hmm. so many students don't do their research. Right, right. So it's very important and what was very good for me is that most of the students that I helped with mock interviews they had the interview like the next day and just to clarify when you say a mock interview you're not mocking them no <laughs> I'm not mocking it's, them. it's a role play it's kind a of role play situation 
<laughs> it's a role-playing situation where they come dressed for an interview, they shake my hand, they sit across from me at the desk, and I ask the most popular question, tell me about yourself. yourself. Yes. And their answer to that question tells me whether or not they're prepared mm -hmm. or they're not prepared. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. usually I get, my name is Carolyn Tidwell, mm -hmm. and I'm like, really? Mm. Yes. I know <laughs> but, that. I have your resume. Yes, right I have your resume <laughs> right here, and you just introduced each other. Right. You know, and not where you were born. You need to know what you need to say right. just in that first answer that employers make a decision within probably five minutes of an interview on whether or not they're still interested in you as a candidate. Mm -hmm. What would you say to if you got a call from a parent and they were concerned that their student, instead of doing like a career or major related internship over the summer, they wanted to do being an orientation leader on campus or being a camp counselor or a different kind of job that's not related to their major? I would say that's fine mm -hmm. because experience is experience and transferable skills are transferable skills. Mm -hmm. I tell everyone the best position I ever had was I completed my degree at Northeastern before I was supposed to, before graduation, mm -hmm. because I was a first-gen person and didn't realize that they give you a buffer mm -hmm. so that you can flunk a few courses yeah. before you graduate. <laughs> so I followed everything to the letter You're of the law. You're a and I, That's yeah. right. And I completed in April. Yeah. I was a tour guide for the Longfellow National Historic Site. And I tell everyone that was the best experience I could have ever had in my life. That set me on my way. I learned how to give tours. I started two programs that are still in existence mm. there. And I just... Did got, you learn how to walk backwards and talk? I learned how to walk backwards <laughs> and talk. Yes, I did. That's <laughs> I an learned, important skill. Well, it is a skill also to see them walking up the pathway and deciding what kind of tour you're going to give right. them. Because if it's an older group... You know, in terms of folks who are later, you know, a little mature, later in life, yes, later in yeah. life, you better know how to quote, you know, the village smithy poem. Right. Exactly. And they just love right. that they ate it up. <laughs> but I had a children's program and little kids would love it. And, mm -hmm. you know, so that was the best experience I could have had. Right. And sometimes all those leadership experiences, all those, even though work study, mm -hmm. on-campus mm -hmm. positions, those are work experience. Right. Many of our students don't realize that even if they're not getting paid for the job, it's work experience. Mm -hmm. Put it on your resume. That's the biggest question I ask is that, is that all you've ever done in terms right. of work? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they start telling you, I volunteered here and I babysat here. I'm going, why isn't that on your resume? Right. Oh, well, it's not related. Well, it still, still needs to be right. on that. I used to always talk to our student athletes because they would say, well, I'm just a football player. I'm just like, I'm like, no, no, no. You make sure you put that on your resume, yes. especially if you're team captain, you make sure that's highlighted. Um, some of them would do extra work for the coach, help with recruiting, help with presentations to potential students. They would organize stuff with the team. Yes. Like, what else are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm organizing team practices in the off season. Write it down. Those are things that you need to be doing. Um, you know, real quick, I want to just uh, put in the head of some of the parents about internships and what's paid and what's not paid. Um, because that was always something when you and I worked together that, you know, you, you got your you know back in an arch when people would not pay internships and that sort of thing. What, when, you, when a student would come home, say, and tell a parent, hey, I've got this unpaid internship, should a parent kind of 
look at it a little in the side eye and say, wait a second, is this going to be a bad thing or? Not at all. Okay. Because non-paid internships and internships are paid have nothing to do with the quality of the experience Mm -hmm. and everything to do with the employer and the field. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you are in engineering or if you're in business, you are more likely going to be paid than a student who is in communications, psychology, and sociology, or theater, arts, or music. Those organizations who give fabulous experience can't afford to pay an internship because they can barely afford to pay their full-time employees. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, and another thing I'd like to put a plug in, and I'm pretty sure um, there's someone out there who will love this, Let's not forget that higher education is a field, Yes, is a profession. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I always tell students to think of. You know, you like doing this, but you can do it on campus. Have you ever thought about working at a college campus? Especially for those students who want to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I go, why are you paying for graduate school? This Most people don't want to hear this, but if you go and work at a college or university for a year, mm-hmm. You can attend their graduate school, sometimes tuition-free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would you pay? Yeah. One, you of, one of my good friends I made in college, was the, she was a graduate student, and her graduate assistantship, which paid her tuition, was being the manager of the student tour guides. Yeah. That was, she know. worked for well, admissions. I, I say this to students all the time. If you are paying for grad school, you may be doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. I'm serious. Yes, and and there too. are some fields like law, like you're not going to go to law school for free, but you may go to law school and maybe get housing for free. If mm-hmm. you go and you do something like be a resident assistant or something like that, and that helps defer your costs. Okay. But there's many programs that you can do this for free if you give a certain amount of time to the institution and they'll even pay you for it. So you're getting your tuition, your, your tuition for free. Plus there's typically a stipend or some kind of salary that you get on top of it. So think about that when you're looking at your graduate programs. Um, Last question, anything else? If I was a parent and I'm listening to this that you would want them to hear? I'd like them to hear that they should encourage their son or daughter or their their student to come to the career center. If you haven't heard Please it, once. <laughs> get there early. Tell yeah. it's not too early as a freshman. Mm-hmm. They need to know where it is, what they need to do. It's a four-year plan. They didn't start planning for the student to look into colleges and universities their senior year of high school. Right. They had to plan what courses they had to take in high school in order to qualify. They had to take the SATs. They had to do things in their sophomore, junior, and senior year to prepare to be in college and at a university. Mm -hmm. The same thing is after college. In order to enter your career, you have to do things your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Because many of the students who have actually done that actually get their job offer for their entry-level position after graduation with either their intern or summer job employer, Mm -hmm. and they've gotten their offer Like now, Mm -hmm. there are students who have already been offered their position Mm -hmm. for after graduation now. Right. They're all set. They're skating through senior year and enjoying themselves mm-hmm. instead of stressed about getting that last minute internship because they didn't plan early enough. Mm-hmm. So the trick is, is come early, come often. 
as I say, so have them come in. When a freshman comes in, I want to throw confetti in the air. Right. I tell them to bring a friend. <laughs> Yay! I want to be. I want it to be like a, a, a the bell at the bar. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. They've come in, and to at least I tell them with a hand on their heart and their hand in the air, and say, I swear I will do two internships before I graduate mm-hmm. from college, and that's the important thing. You have to encourage them to start thinking about it their sophomore year, preparing those tools, being in the career center. And all career centers have their databases with positions available. Employers want to recruit these students. And especially in the summer, that's the peak time Mm -hmm. for internships. But they're posting them now for the summer 2020. So they need to be getting in there now and applying for those things now. And there's all other kinds of places where they can look for opportunities. And we tell them about LinkedIn and a few other things. And just come early, come often and get that experience before you graduate. Well, Carolyn Tidwell, thank you so much for your time. It's Carolyn, lovely to hear you. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, if if you're cool with people, like if anyone listens and they want to ask you a question, LinkedIn. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm open. Carolyn Tidwell. We'll just put your LinkedIn, on LinkedIn link on there on we'll our snow, show notes. You there bet. You so thanks again for listening to Twin XL. It's a very career person's it's, answer. It is. And is do not underestimate LinkedIn. No, um, that's right. <laughs> so you can find us, Twin XL, on Facebook. You can find us at Twitter, at uh, Twin XL Pod. Email us at Gmail, twinxlpod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Twin XL Podcast. And uh, this is, as always, a production of Pod 617. And we want to say thank you to our guest, Carolyn Tidwell. Thank you. And to Dave Yaz. Oh, pleasure as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Did that sound sarcastic? It wasn't supposed to be. A pleasure. (laughs) 